This podcast is based exclusively on the real-life experiences of two bisexual cis women and their internet research. Sexual identity is deeply personal and influenced by intersecting identities, demographics, and circumstances. Rose and Annie do not speak for the bisexual experience of all individuals or the bisexual experience as a whole. In short, they don't know shit. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Annie, and my pronouns are she and her. And I'm Rose, and my pronouns are also she and her. And we're here to provide some context about the bisexual experience by sharing stories and talking about queer people we like, and also getting advice, because I forgot that part. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I feel like today's going to be an off day. Well, it's going to be an off day in a good way, I think. Yeah, okay, positive. Lots of laughter. Um, Yeah, what are we talking about this week? Today we're going to be talking about flirtation, attraction, and dating. Dating. As a bisexual and kind of just as a human being. Yeah, a lot of this stuff that we're going to cover is really for everyone. Stuff we've learned in, I don't know, how long have you been dating? Um, I had my first boyfriend when I was 15. Okay, yeah. So... 16 years. Yeah, I guess 13 for me. I, I also started dating when I was 15. Yeah, plus like the uh, years of pining and attraction and trying to figure out flirtation and playing, are you nervous? <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots of, lots of those too. All that stuff that's like sweaty middle schooler action going on. Yeah. Years of that too, which I would put on my resume. Yeah. For if I'm talking to the younger, younger people. I, I did so. a plenty of that too. Did you ever read like Cosmo Girl or any of that and like try and study up on how to flirt and yes. date and like find a boy? Yeah, yes. But I'm I'm gonna like mega nerd and also very much date myself. I did magazines and stuff with friends, but I had I was a, an active member of live journal communities. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of my perception of what like relationships and physical intimacies were supposed to look like based on that. Yep. And I wonder so much now if I had been plugged into more like women loving women communities or bisexual queer communities, if I would have been like, oh, these are all also tangible things because like that exposure made me be like, I feel like I have a manual and I'm a little bit prepared for when this finally happens. Yeah. yeah. First, I did not have that. Yeah. For, for queer relationships. Yeah, and I also think it's one of those things that, I don't know, as much as, like, you can read about it, it's not, you can't, you have to live it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to live it, and you got to make the mistakes of it. Yes. 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 Um, I just realized when we were talking, when I asked you that question, but I I was a big fan of, like, studying Uh how to flirt and how to date. Because I thought that would help me. From magazines? From magazines, but Mm -hmm. also the whole adult world I was really curious about. I told my mom and my dad that I was curious about, like, 
adult stuff and they got me the American Girl doll book series about like what happens when your body changes and also a book about just like what it's like to emotionally mature and I got a book called wait hold on (laughs) is this the Vikings book (laughs) (laughs) I got a book called uh, Smart Girls Guide to Boys Surviving Crushes Staying True to Yourself and other heart stuff. So sweet. I think there's some wisdom in here. It's not just applicable to boys, although it is the smart girls guide to boys. It's not just applicable to smart girls because I'm dumb as hell and it still <laughs> it still works. And it's like a really sweet book all about like what it means to like someone and how to get to know someone and how to know if they're right to date. It's probably problematic as hell, but it's mostly like, hey, the bottom line is that you should be yourself, and if a boy doesn't like you for yourself, then he's a fucking troublemaker. I honestly think from just having, like, groups of friends who've been single for a long time and dating, that's advice everybody needs to hear, like, three or four times a week. Yeah. Yeah. I think this book is going to be great, and also we're going to be posting some of the gem illustrations on Instagram. There's really good illustrations. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. Um, So we're going to talk about dating this episode. We're not going to talk about sex. Because sex is wrong. And if you had it, you're dirty. Because if you're dating, you shouldn't be having sex. You should wait wait until marriage. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Just kidding. We're going to talk about sex next week. Yeah. There's just so much to cover (laughs) for both dating and sex that we're we're going to... We're also like... I don't want to say we're teases because we're going to give it up eventually, but we're going to make you wait till at least the second date. I mean, I guess this will be episode 10. So the 11th date, which far longer than I've ever waited. We are practically married by now. Yeah. I think another caveat is that we're speaking from our perspectives. So we're two cis women. I, I can't speak to Annie, but like I've been in monogamous relationships for almost the past decade of my life. And I've also never dated anyone who is out to me as trans or gender nonconforming or non-binary. Yeah, yeah. And we're also from like middle class families. I grew up with some religion, but like I know that can also be different for people who come from super strict religious backgrounds. Dating is usually pretty different. So that's also our experience. Your experience could be wildly different and still totally valid. Just Mm -hmm. keep that in mind. Yeah, and you might also hear some of the things we say and be like, that would never fly in my community or with the people I want to date. And that's totally cool. It's just good to develop kind of your own smart guide to whatever genders you're interested in. Yes, totally, totally. Although I think there are some universal truths truths about dating. First, yeah. that it, it can suck really bad. Yeah. First is that it can suck really bad, but it doesn't always have to. When it doesn't suck, it's really good. <laughs> it's really good and it's worth it. Part of that kind of like our personal experience comes down in like how, how people are socialized by the gender binary. Yeah. So Annie and I are both assigned female at birth living in female bodies and therefore socialized to date and attract and interact as females. Yeah. 
A question that we wondered was, does that make a difference depending on which genders you're approaching? Right. And like for me, my philosophy around how I approach different genders is basically the same, but there are little differences. Yeah, I was thinking about how I interact with a man versus a woman that I'm interested in dating or pursuing some kind of romantic or sexual relationship with. And my first thought was like, I treat them exactly the same because I'm I'm not biased at all or like not even biased, but like I haven't been bothered by this socialization to act one way towards the sexes. That's not true, bro. <laughs> it's just not true. It would be highly evolved and like way beyond our current time. Impossible. Impossible. Yeah. It would yeah. Be. Yeah, I feel the same way. For me, I I was thinking about it in the past few weeks. Um, and I definitely approach attraction from men in like a weird dichotomy of like it's either 100% unwanted and I want nothing to do with it. But if I've kind of made you a target, it's like that. I've made you a target. Right, yeah. And I'm going to get validation from you <laughs> one way or another. And it's really like, it is really messed up. Granted, I haven't, I haven't had that mentality since before my long-term relationship where I, you know, I was early twenties or, you know, in high school and college, but that was definitely how I thought about it. Like you're the person I'm going to hook up with tonight. Right. And thinking that that quote achievement was like a reflection on my self, self worth. Yeah. Versus I don't think I've ever gone on a date with a woman and had that mindset or had a, like, target mindset with a female because I've been on the receiving end of that. And I can't believe I never put it together that, like, also guys aren't going to be like, oh, you're coming on really strong. (laughs) So it's just interesting because I feel like you're told that your value is really wrapped up in how men perceive you. And what? that got tangled up in, like, attraction and yeah scoring. It's very weird. Do you feel like you had any major differences based um, on how you're socialized or just, like... Yeah, I don't think I ever considered flirtation and pursuing someone like you did, like a conquest. Um but again, that's kind of not true. <laughs> I think I thought of it differently. I I would say that I'm better, and that's like highly quotation marked at flirting, and that's also like quotation marks <laughs> with dudes. Um, but I also think it's kind of easy to be fake. <laughs> with dudes and that's probably on me but I do want to say I think women are so wary when they're dating and being flirted with that they can detect bullshit really easily Mm -hmm. they're like hyper aware in these situations so if I'm on a date with a woman and I'm like really laying it on thick. <laughs> uh-huh. They're probably going to be like, this is a little weird. Like, mm-hmm. this is a red flag. 
Like, she's... Not authentic with me right yeah, now. Yeah, she's not being real. She's maybe trying to cover something up. Whereas if I am on a date with a dude and I'm really like, tell me about yourself. Like, wow, that's so interesting. Stuff like that. They're going to maybe... Ham know, it up? Yeah, they're <laughs> going to love that a little bit, I think. And I, I totally could totally be not true. I'm sure there's plenty of men who would be like, what are you doing? Like, be real with me. But in my experience, there's been a lot of men who are totally fine with me being, like, really into just talking about them. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone loves to talk about themselves. Yeah. But men are socialized traditionally to be listened to and cared about and fawned over versus women are taught to do that or that, you know, a broader expectation is that dynamic. So when you break that binary, you have an opportunity to like play those games differently in your flirtation. Right. And I sound like I'm like a wily, like (laughs) conniving. Sneaky bisexual. I'm a sneaky bisexual. But it's just like when I was really thinking about how did I mentally think about things in my 20s, that was definitely... Yeah, a lot of, a lot of mind games. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was also a lot about winning and less about like I'm trying to find something that's like a mutually beneficial, good relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't want to come off like I'm saying men are gullible and women are prudish and like overly sensitive because that's definitely not true in all cases I also think that I have overwhelmingly for whatever reason dated men who are very nerdy and shy shy isn't really the right word but like they're like socially muted they don't like go out looking for parties or anything like that um, which are generally also just just in my experience, like the kind of dudes who are looking for maybe a more serious relationship where um, they get like a little coddling, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they get like a like an emotional connection that they benefit more from than I do. And to be fair to myself... For many, many years, I was very happy to do that. I, like, pursued fixer-uppers, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to admit, when I started dating Dylan, I was kind of like, he's definitely one of those guys. Because, you know, our first date, we just talked about, like, video games and card games and nerd shit that we liked. And I was mm-hmm. like, he's just a nerd dude who, like, you know, plays video games at night. Um, and I was totally down for that. And he turned out to be like an extremely socially gregarious <laughs> extrovert. And that's been true of every woman that I've dated. Like mm-hmm. I've only dated extroverted women. Those have been the most fun and fulfilling relationships that I've had. And my relationship with Dylan is the most fun and fulfilling relationship I've ever had. Um, So I really think, for me, it is a matter of personality. My default is to go after people who are, like, timid, or men who are timid um, and Mm -hmm. (laughs) non-threatening, and women who are a little more gregarious. um, And I just happen to find 
a sleeper cell extrovert <laughs> who I love, <laughs> who is a man. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah, I think it is like, obviously we're talking in generalizations, but it's very interesting to think about like, what are the different types of people that you go for? And I think generally it's not bad to go for somebody who you're like, they're not, like they're 100% not my type because right. I have this perception of them. Yeah. And then as you progress further, you're like, oh, huh. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. They're, okay. they're a little different. Yeah. yeah. I think also as far as like ways that I was socialized differently, um, I have like two big ideas about a binary dating system. And one is that Men are responsible for pursuing women. Mm -hmm. And that was something that, like, I mean, honestly, I feel like this was inspired by me being, like, I'm not one of those girls. And I think a lot of my, like, not one of those girls, heavy quotes here. This is heavy quotes. And this is, like, high school. When I'm, like, I'm a different type of girl. I go after what I want. Okay. Is me being, like, if I don't, no one's going to approach me. Oh, yeah. Because I'm not actually desirable. So I have to take the first step, which is, like, so weird to have a, like, big brav... Not really. This is probably very standard to have a big presentation of bravado that's fueled by deep insecurity and being, like, I have to do it. Yeah. Because otherwise no one will. Yeah. That's funny. It's the it's the opposite of mine. I'm, like, wow, everyone's so scary. I have to... Go for the shyest, quietest person mm -hmm. or a woman who is non-threatening in my fucked up sexist brain who's an extrovert because they won't hurt me and yours is I will go after them because I don't want them to see that I'm hurt. I don't know. It's, yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's like I don't want them to know that I would be hurt if yeah. they didn't or did or whatever. Right. But then, yeah, the second like major truth that my brain has is that women actually are the ones who have the power. And I think that's drilled into a lot of people's brains, at least in um, like the States that women have the actual power and that they're much more discerning. So I feel like that makes me give women more of a benefit of a doubt than I would for a man and also kind of have a like back of my mind mindset that I'm like well I'm not worthy of being with most women one of the first few dates that I went on with a woman I left the date and I was like I feel weird but this person wants to go out with me again so I think that I will go out with this person again and then as I was telling my friend about the date I was like do you know what she negged me the whole time yeah she told me that the things I liked were stupid. She was like, oh, you're one of those girls who loves hiking and biking and you're like all about that, which, yes. Yes, yeah, you nailed it. If we're going to be in a relationship together, I hope we'd be doing those things. Yeah. Um, at the end of the night, she paid for the meal and was like, I just really like to be the man. I'm a real caretaker, which might be a great fit for someone else, but for me is like a skin crawl statement. Yeah. 
Um, and she knew I was sober and she got plastered and then told me it was really uncomfortable for her because I was sober. (laughs) It was just weird. And then it was like a weird goodbye moment because I was like, you're drunk. I'm sober. And I like... Touching someone when they're that drunk is weird. Is 100% not okay. Yeah. Uh, Like it was just, it was just very weird. Um, a weird experience to be on the other side of, as I thought about this, I was like, why am I like, yeah, let's go out again. Yeah, 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 yeah. What is wrong with me? Right. If the dude did that, you'd be like, no fucking way. If the dude did that, I would be like, no fucking way. And I had pulled out like, like she, she was funny and there were like a few very sweet things. Yeah. Oh, there always are. Yeah. It was just like, I gave so much more permission because in my mind I'm like, oh, like if I get chosen by a woman, then it's like an honor and it right. means like way more about me. Yeah. We're, we're definitely way more permissive of women to do fucked up shit in dating. As bisexuals, I, I feel like that's true. Maybe it's not true for you, listener. Uh, maybe At least like, as bisexual women. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, yeah, again, like my, my default is like, I'd, I'll date any like woman personality <laughs> type. I like outgoing people. I, you know, the men are scary, but the women are always fine. No. Which is not true. Not true. And, you know, regardless of how you socialize and how you like to socialize, you can be a predator even if you're the shyest person in the world. So, I don't know. There's... Just like when you're on a date with someone, pay attention to would this be okay if they were a man, a woman, non-binary? Like, how are they treating me? And and remove like gendered assumptions. Yeah, yeah, assumptions. And I think also like bigger picture for me was honestly when I started being like, I'm gonna assume everyone wants to date me. Like, that's my assumption and I'm not going to be a jerk about it, but like, I'm going to assume that as long as the date is going somewhat decently, this person is going to want a second date. So it's really about me being like, do I want a second date? Right. Yep. Exactly. Much less worrying about showing my very best self and more so worried about getting to know the other person and seeing if there's someone I want to get to know more. Right. And that's the fun part about dating is like, it's all about you. It's all about what you like. You don't have to, I mean, you know, don't show up in your PJs or whatever, (laughs) put your best foot forward. You're in charge. You get to decide this is an arranged marriage. You get to date whoever you want to date. Yeah. And it's one of those, it's one of the very, very few occasions where you're both in the power position. Yeah. On a first date, you're both equally as likely to be like, hell yeah, or hell no. Yeah. Um, I do. I did want to talk about just a difference that I noticed for myself as a person who's sober when I was dating. And this has to do with like power dynamics, but I would not tell men before I met up with them that I didn't drink. Ah. And I would tell women. Interesting. And that's because I thought about like, if I show up and I don't drink, 
and you're expecting that we're going to drink, I look predatory as fuck. Yeah. First men, I'm like, I don't drink it, like, and nothing you say is going to change that. Right. Um, but I think it's it's really for people who are not drinking and dating sober. It's really scary. Yeah. It takes about the same amount of time to get comfortable with somebody when you're drinking versus when you're I not. That. Yeah. Um, but you will also wake up the next morning and be like, I didn't do anything I didn't want to do. I didn't say anything I didn't. Well, you, I don't want to say it. Sorry. I'm not saying you won't have done anything that you didn't want to do or that you might not be put in a situation where it's unsafe and you do, you are forced to do things you don't want to do. What I'm saying is that by not drinking, you have a lot more like self-awareness in the evening. And it's scary. Like Cassandra told me that she was going to say no to our date when I told her that I didn't drink. Wow. Um, she had asked me to get Negronis and I was like – Sounds great. To be clear, mine will be a mocktail because I don't drink. Right. And she said that she debated if she still wanted to go out with me. Wow. But then she said it was an amazing first date. So that's sweet. You know. Yeah, I feel like we have been talking about and will likely continue to talk about dating rather than hooking up. So Yeah, dating being you you have the intention of maybe turning this into a relationship if things go well. Hooking up being you you fucking. You fucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I would say also like the I do, I would I would be interested to know if that's something that has become more common among a younger group of people due to online dating apps or if it is just kind of like an age divide like now I'm older and I'm sober picking up someone <laughs> at a club or something is not, not especially picking up someone who's not too drunk for me to be sleeping with right. at a club is like not gonna happen so I don't know if you know if it's an age difference or if technology has made any sort of impact yeah write us and tell us do you think here's my prediction and in 20 years I'll listen to this and be like I was right <laughs> <laughs> there's like a period where you're dating quote, you're, you're hooking up as like a, a new adult. You're like 18 to 25 where you're really just hooking up and your relationships probably aren't going to last the rest of your life. Maybe they are. Maybe you find, you know, someone who you settle down with. Um, Bless. <laughs> and then you start dating for real in your mid-20s and like early 30s and like maybe get a few long-term relationships out of it. And then there's just like a quiet period. Things go quiet for a while, like 20 years. And then they're they're just like hooking up again. Everyone's back on Tinder. <laughs> like people's spouses are dying or they're getting divorced and they're like I want to fuck again. Yeah, I think that's going to happen for sure. I think definitely because I think if you're like I yeah. if you've only got so much time left, <laughs> you're probably also like after you after you have a breakup, you're like, I'm going to do all the shit I wasn't doing while I was in that relationship. If that's 20 years of marriage. That's a lot of stuff you got to check off your That's a lot of shit list. that you want to do. Yeah. Um, and especially technology lets you find whatever you want yeah. now. So I need yeah. to get ahead of this curve. I need to start making this app for recent, like for like 50 
40, late 40s, 50-year-olds right now. I know they have above 50 dating apps. Oh, okay. I don't know for me. <laughs> Interesting. I know my old my old boss, uh-huh. who I was very close with, yeah. was on was on one. Yeah, we're kind of gonna walk through things as a timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I don't yeah. know if we have to lay that out in the beginning, but no, this is like what you're doing. You're you're single. You're in the big city or the small town or wherever, like a mid sized village I don't know you're wherever you are you are like I want to find love tonight you're at the bar or the library or uh where else do people meet the park I was gonna say the disco (laughs) the disco and you see a cute little piece of ass (laughs) yeah Yep. And you're like, yep. how, how do I get a slice of that? A slice of that, but like romantically. <laughs> but like a deep human connection. Yeah, like a deep human connection. How do you approach <laughs> how do you approach that person? <laughs> I was like, I gotta keep it gender neutral. <laughs> so yeah. With a piece of that. <laughs> so you just were like, I'll just objectify the shit out of this person. Um, what, like do you, what do you do? What's your first step? First things first is you have to actually approach them. Yeah. You cannot stand across the room making eyes. No, that's weird. Or shooting telepathic messages to them or, you know, bumping into them or following them. Like, don't do any of the don't weird that. stuff that ends up being creepy. Yeah. It's way less creepy to just go up and say, hey, my name is Stevo. I like your fake eyelashes. Would you like this dance? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Just approach them and say anything. Well, don't say anything. Don't say, yes. Don't say anything. <laughs> a good, a good, sorry. Yes. Don't say anything. I got flustered thinking about Stevie Bobby. Yeah. A good tip that I saw from Stevie Bobby recently is if you want to approach someone and drop a compliment... Something like, I really like your fake eyelashes can be a good compliment because that person has control over the fact that they are wearing fake eyelashes. If I just go up and I say, Steve-O, you have an amazing body. It's weird. Steve-O's going to be like, all right. I mean, I guess that's not even a great example because people can work out. You shouldn't compliment somebody's body your first time meeting them. Don't. But if I was like, oh, Stevo, I really love your, like, you ha- you're really attractive. That's like, all right, I can't do anything about that. Or like, you have a really sexy voice. That's not an intro compliment. Yep. That's a like, we've been talking for two hours and we're kind of hitting it off. And yeah. you can be like, you have a really sexy voice. Yeah. And then that person's going to be like, oh. Ooh, I, well, I think you have a really ah. sexy tongue. And then you. Yeah. No, the, the intro, like being something they can control is genius. Because a lot of people, I mean, like, here's the easiest in in the world. Hey, I really like your T-shirt. Is that a band? Like, if someone is wearing a t-shirt with something on it, they probably like that thing, and they probably like to talk about that thing. So you should get them to talk about that thing. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because yeah. they like to talk about it. Yeah. Invite them to tell you about a thing that they like. Yeah. That's a combo starter. Yeah. And, I mean, this is a good way. It's, it's nice to start a conversation with someone because they know immediately, oh, you're not just interested in what I look like. You want to talk to me as well. You want to know more about me. And a great way to tell if someone is interested in you, if you are the one doing the approaching, is to notice if they ask a question back. Um, If someone doesn't ask a question back, maybe they just didn't, you know, think of it. Maybe they're, like, caught off guard. But if they're really not giving you anything, if they're really not engaging in that way, it's a pretty good indication that they are not, not terribly interested. And that's when you should... Thank them for their time and exit the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Or if they've already turned away from you and are no longer engaged in conversation with you, you can just leave. Yeah, you can just leave. Because that's how you that's how you aren't fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. There's no need for commentary if someone has disengaged from the conversation. Yeah. No, if if someone says Oh, I I really like your shoes. I used to have a pair like that in middle school. And you're like, thanks. That's like, I'm not inviting you to continue the conversation. Right. And that it's it's okay to be like, well, that was the end of that conversation. Yes. No one owes you a conversation. No one. It's not a transaction. You are not owed anything. Politeness is bullshit i know they say this on my favorite murder but it's like fuck politeness like that's not it's nice to be polite but no one owes you anything you don't it's not a it's not a transaction it's not a transaction you yeah you shouldn't approach somebody being like i know exactly what i'm gonna get out of this Approach someone because you're like, huh, I want to learn more about them. And the thing that you might learn is that they don't want to talk to you. Yeah. (laughs) Which is fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Then you bounce. It's not a personal comment. They are not saying, hey, you're a bad person or you're an ugly person or you're a boring person by not wanting to talk to you. They just don't want to. They have their own shit. It's not about you. Just just move on. Like, people have so much other shit going on. Like, I I was hit on while my dad was in the hospital. And I was like, (laughs) if you could get away from me as soon as humanly possible, that would be excellent. Yikes. I bet some of those people were like, mega hotties. Yeah. But I was like, I'm sorry. I'm going to get shit-faced drunk and cry in the backyard for three hours. (laughs) You're not going to want to be near that. Yeah. I am saving you the trouble. (laughs) Yeah. And you don't know that. And it's not somebody's responsibility to tell you why they're not interested yeah um because this is a bisexual podcast you are probably experiencing some same-sex attraction and it can be difficult to know who to approach because you obviously want to approach someone who would be interested in dating you but you know you're not trying to talk to someone all night and be like, I made a really good friend. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you are probably in some situations. But if, yeah, if you're looking for love, then you're probably trying to connect with someone who would also be looking for love with you potentially. And I feel like then you're probably having the internal monologue screaming like, 
are they queer? Will they know that I am queer? Particularly if maybe you don't look like a stereotypical presentation of a queer person. Right, right. So how do you figure that out? Great question. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sneakily, you can kind of like bring up if you have dated people of the same sex before, you can like bring them up and see if the other person shares any similar stories. Um, I don't fucking I don't know. I think there are ways to like signaling if you have kind of like paraphernalia that might be related to queer um, content or has the bi colors on it. Uh, things like that that you can talk to somebody about if they have it. You ultimately want to kind of like engage them in conversation, see if they mention anything. You don't want to run up to them and be like, are you queer? You look like you might be queer or like, I'm really hoping that you're queer. Yeah, no, don't do that. Drop references to queer things. Oh, yeah. Ask like, who are your top three celebrity crushes? Yeah, it's pretty good. If they're like, dude, 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 you're going to be like, not like, not like one chick. (laughs) But like any ladies though? Any, are any of those dudes like kind of femme presenting maybe? I don't know. Yeah. And opposite for dudes, if if they only mention women, it's going to like, okay, yep. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, you know, it's not impossible. But also part of the benefit of the world that we live in is that a lot of first meeting happens online. And you don't have the pressure of like, is this person trying to approach me as a friend? Am I responding as a friend? It's like, no, everyone's agreed. This is a potential romantic connection. Yeah. So if you're getting out there again and you've decided that online dating is a route you'd like to pursue um there are some apps for you there's the old guard uh that kind of all have bisexual options um tinder bumble okcupid hinge match you can you can identify as bisexual on all of those there are also some apps for queer people exclusively grinder which on its website says it's the largest, the world's largest social networking app for gay, bi, trans, and queer people and like giant caps. Um, Her, which is for lesbians, bisexual women, but I'm sure if you're a man, you can also use it. Queer and femme trans women or femme presenting women. Um, Scruff, which is more for gay, bisexual trans and queer masculine presenting people as i understand it and chappy which i think is a relatively new app that's made by the people who made bumble it says it's for gay connections but i don't what does that mean (laughs) um so if you're bi you can try it out and see what happens i don't know if you're brave you might get bi shamed but it's worth trying. It's worth trying. And honestly, you might get bi-shamed on any of these platforms, oh, yeah. even if they're designed for bisexual interaction or participation. And that kind of leads to the question of like, do you put it in your bio? Bio. Bio. <laughs> or not? Yeah. Annie, did you put it in your bio? I did not. Was I that? Uh, it was a conscious choice. 
I knew that if I put it in my bio, I would probably get harassed. Not by, like, not by everyone, but by enough people that I'd be like, uh, this makes me hate doing this. And I didn't want to lose hope that quickly. (laughs) What were you afraid the harassment you were going to receive was? From dudes, just the very, the dudes who feel very empowered to, like, make sexual comments on those apps would be like, so how many women have you been with? And stuff like that. And from women, I mean, like, in 99% of the cases, just immediately swiping left on me. That's the bad one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just not, just ignoring me. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had the same experience. I didn't put it in my bio, partially because I wasn't fully owning that yet. Um, But also I was like, I had so many women who were like, oh, have you ever been with a man? Before we even went on a date. Um, and when I was like, yeah, they were like, uh, like I don't really date by people. And I'm like, okay, bye-bye. Like, bye-bye. Then you're not for me and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. There's like a, maybe, I mean, I don't know because I never had it in my profile. So I don't know if this is true or just like my assumption based off my experience interacting with men in my life that – there are types of men who feel ownership of your sexuality. So stating that you're bisexual makes them feel like they have even more of a like stake in it. Yeah. And opportunity to be like, what's up? Yeah. Yeah. So fuck. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> you're like, nope. Yeah. No. Um, we had a listener call in and leave us a a voicemail voicemail is not the right word for it i think voicemail is one of those like dated it's so it dates me so bad um he left us a message about why he no longer uses the word bisexual in his dating bio and i'm gonna play that for you right now hello my name is john i am a bisexual cis male uh i go by the pronouns of he and him well I used to put by in my dating profile and really didn't get any hits and and that was across you know several different dating uh, popular apps and websites um, I ended up removing by from my profile and noticed that I received a much higher interest from women uh, I went on dates with three different women And after they got to know me, uh, I would tell them early on that I was bi and I had been with people other than women in the past. Uh, It varied in reaction, but overall they had no problem with it. Uh, Some needed more processing time than others, but, uh, you know, really I heard the same questions uh, as, as long as you don't engage in orgies, cheating... Oh, it, sorry, I just laughed because uh, I hear that a lot. Um, <laughs> but I noticed when I went with men, whether they're bi or gay men, they did not care about me being bi. Uh, that was not even on their radar. They didn't care one bit. So anyways, uh, John again, thanks for your time and letting me submit my experiences. Yeah, so John says some stuff that 
I just automatically assume to be true of bisexual men, which is straight women see that and they're just like, nope, 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 nope. Um, and and queer men are kind of like, yeah, whatever, yeah. And I think that in a predictable way kind of reinforces straight people's stereotypes about bisexuals because if John is being more accepted by not even accepted but like this like no one cares in his his circle of dateable queer men that he's bisexual he's probably going to date more of them and then the women that he goes out with are going to learn that he's bisexual and learn that he's dated mostly men and then be like oh well it must be because he's like secretly gay yeah so that's troubling yeah it's just like a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah it sucks and it definitely he talks about the like fears of the typical bisexual behavior of like orgies and everything like that and it's like no that's not that's not necessarily tied to bisexuality um i mean there's lots of really good things about dating online but then there is the challenge of how to finesse moving it into real life Mm -hmm. meeting so what have you learned to do to finesse that (laughs) to finesse that Um, yeah like what are what are how do you do that yeah i mean the challenge with online dating is you can get kind of good at it and then have like this flirting method for your app or whatever completely down pat and you're making like great online connections with people but you do have to move it into the real world eventually or you don't maybe you're just fucking around online i don't know but i think ideally for most people they want to move it into real life and what i've learned is to do that as quickly as possible otherwise you kind of you start imagining this person in your head who checks a lot of boxes for you and then when you meet them in real life you're inevitably kind of disappointed by them which is a normal and human thing to do but by kind of having a a brief connection online and making sure that they're not a bot or a serial killer there's no way to know that but sorry what if that's what i'm into (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's fair i love robots too um I think as soon as you know, like, yeah, there's, we have something to talk about for an hour, then you can go meet with them in person. And it's scary, especially if you're doing this for the first time, but it is just something you have to do. You have to put yourself out there. You just have to. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to build a connection, it has to start with connecting. Mm -hmm. So you just have to do it. You just have to do it. Yeah. And I think there are tips for, how to do it I think you like what I agree with what Annie said that you don't want to be talking online too much you want to kind of like set a date and then let the conversation chill until you have that date oh my god please meet in public yeah meet in public meet in public especially if you are someone who's like I couldn't let the conversation chill I was too psyched I talked to this person for like three weeks Mm. and now I am gonna go to their house because he's gonna cook me his famous risotto and like da 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 no don't fucking do it just because you have talked to this person for three weeks does not mean that you know them you should meet them first in person 
Always. And always. Also, always. Yeah. If you're worried about having like not enough to talk about or whatever, it's easy if you're in public to be like, wow, let's talk about this weird painting or that person's ugly cat or dog <laughs> or shoes. I don't or know. What kind of coffee do you like? Oh, let me tell you this crazy story about when I used to be a barista. Yeah. There are, there's more inspiration. There's plenty to talk about. You don't have to, you don't have to go to a stranger's house. Please don't go to a stranger's house. Ever. Honestly, the first time that I go to someone's house, I usually text my friends like, hey, here's the address. Oh, smart. I'm going to this person's house for the first time. Very smart. If I die, avenge me. Yeah. Just because it's nice to have somebody know where to find your corpse. Yes. My mom will appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I think also choosing a first date spot that's like a low commitment. So not saying, yes, we're going to... Somebody invited me to go up to the Bronx to go zip lining on a first date. That's a lot. I was like, you know, it takes like two hours just to get to the Bronx. Then I'm going to be strapped in (laughs) with you. No, like, nah, that's like very high pressure say let's why don't we meet up for coffee why don't we sit in the park for an hour um and then if things are going really well you can say oh did you want to grab lunch or i actually heard about this book fair going on around the corner do you want to go yep uh maybe it turns into dinner and drinks and a movie and then like a rooftop disco again oh yeah (laughs) Also, a pro tip from me, Annie, your dating guru. Do not take all your first dates or even like a second date that you're not sure about to a place that you love. Mm. (laughs) Because it will become a place that you hate. (laughs) That's a tip for me because you don't want to get broken up at your favorite burger place. (laughs) This feels oddly specific. (laughs) It's... Maybe a little specific. That's fair. Yeah. I hear that. I, hear that. <laughs> I got broken up with on the Williamsburg Bridge. And I was like, I bike this bridge every day. Damn it. Fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think if you're going, a lot of people are going to meet up for a drink as their first drink. Keep an eye on your drink. Remember that people who are drunk cannot consent. Yeah. And tip your bartender. And tip your bartender. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although and also, like, if you need help, talk to your bartender because they're usually aware of what's happening. There are um, a lot of bars that do, like, the angel shots. Mm. And um, they are, like, if you are – is your tender Nate not who you thought? Duh. Do they seem more aggressive or mm. just, like – don't look the same as their pictures are you just uncomfortable you go to the bartender and you order an angel shot and then they call you a cab and escort you pretty good if you've now gone on a date with someone from you know maybe you arranged because you met at a bar let me restate that maybe you were talking to someone at a bar and you asked them out on a date or they asked you out on a date maybe you met somewhere in public maybe you met online you meet up and like Either the date has gone weird or it's just boring. What do you do to get out of that situation? I I personally have just said, 
like, oh, it's a school night and I got to go home after an hour. And, you know, it's people are fine with that. Yeah. I've never had anyone be like, oh, come on, one more drink. Like not even plying, nothing. It's like the magic words. I've had plying. Oh, really? Yeah. I, uh, I, I have had someone who we ate and I knew within 30 seconds, I was like, not a love match. Yeah. As soon as I was done eating, I got up and I went to the bathroom and I came back and I said, check please. And I was like, I've got to head out because I, I have to take some care of some things before I have work tomorrow. Yeah. And he was like, are you sure? I live right around the corner. I thought we could listen to some records. And I was like, nope, I'm good. Yeah. He did not get the hint. Oh, no. So, but I was like, do you know what? I'll walk you to your corner. Yeah. And then I'll see you later because this corner was on my on my route home. Right. And at the corner, he was like, so you don't want to, you don't want to come back? Are you sure? Like, it's really just like a block or two away. And I was like, I'm all good. And honestly, like, what? because once you're out of the restaurant, if you wait, in my experience, if you wait until you're out of the restaurant before wherever you are to be saying your goodbyes, you can put enough distance between yourself that the person is going to have to like really go for it to try and like kiss you or hug you or touch you in any way to say goodbye versus if you're like, I'm already walking away and I'm waving at you. Like, right, right, right. It was really nice to meet you. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes you were like, I'm afraid this person's going to kiss me and then am I going to kiss them? Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know what my body's going to do. <laughs> yeah, am I going to wind up back at this place listening to records and being like, what is this nightmare? Why am I doing this? Yeah. Um, I mean, this goes for both people in this situation, but we've talked about, you know, if someone is giving you that not asking questions, not wanting to do the next thing, being abrupt, looking away, moving away, putting physical distance between you. They are trying to tell you, I am done with this. It it probably has nothing to do with you. It is not personal. You have to let them do that. Yeah. They want to do that. You have to let them do that. It's required by law. <laughs> <laughs> it's also like it's so easy to get wrapped up in the rejection of it yeah but realistically you don't know that person very well they don't know you very well so like it's not a judgment of your character yeah it's a judgment of the chemistry based on all of these other external factors of what's going on in that person's current existence right yep exactly um so I mean, I would say exiting the date, saying as little as possible, like, is the way to go. Do not make up an elaborate, my my roommate called and she's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Do not do that. Mm-mm. Just say, hey, I got to go. I got work real early tomorrow. Perfect. If you don't have work tomorrow, say you have to work tomorrow. They don't fucking know. If they know they're a creep and get away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's also, um, I've had one time where someone ended the date and was like, do you want to go on a second date? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, people usually wait. Yeah, they'll wait and text you. They'll wait to ask you. I wish that I had learned learned this earlier on 
to not give a committal answer yeah exactly. right away because I need time to process right unless I'm like yeah 100% I know that I want this I usually need to like think about it and figure out why I'm in or not in yeah. that's totally okay if now if I had gone back and that guy said uh, whatever blah 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 I would have said let me text you tomorrow I need to think about it yeah I'll text you I'll text you oh like that would great I'll text you yeah not even like yes we'll do that just I'll text you I'll about text it you. it's cute it's coy but also it's maybe no it's, I don't I don't want to yeah and later <laughs> I was really bad I was really bad at ending a date I went on a lot of like five hour dates because I would suggest a second or third location because I didn't know how to end the date yeah and then I would say like okay sure we'll go on a second date and then a couple of days later I'd have to be like hey I'm sorry I don't want to do that do that yeah which sucks it's not fair totally to them sucks I've gotten canceled on on dates that I was super excited to go on and it sucks sucks but you know what I don't care anymore. Yeah, you move you move on from it. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. But it's good to... Yeah. I have also toughed out dates where I, you know, I get to the bar where we're meeting and I order a beer and we start talking. And I know by halfway through that beer that it's not, it's not love mm-hmm. or anything else. Not even friendship. And I'll drink the rest of my beer and I'll kind of be like, well... I don't want to be rude. So I'll have yeah. another beer. And it's never, I mean, it's never gone poorly for me. But I do try to keep it to like two beers because I can still drive. And I I feel like I've done my duty, which is such a fucked up way to put that. You've but. given them a fair chance. Yeah. Well, I do want to play uh, the message we got from Hunter and his experience dating men online into real life. Hey, Rose and Annie, this is Hunter from Massachusetts. A lot of these communities continue to share this kind of mentality of secretness. And it can be so, so difficult for people to try to connect with each other over these minor differences. And you can date someone for weeks and months and years and still not know them and still not truly get to know what's going on behind them. And that can make things kind of difficult because at times you it will just, things tend to always end up, they start abruptly and they end abruptly. There's very little flirting. There's very little kind of romance involved once you two kind of make eye contact or if it's digitally once you two kind of both swipe right then there's this instant kind of okay how soon can we start setting up the first date how soon can we start setting up the second date uh how soon can we move in together and it's this it's so head spinningly fast that often it can get things can happen in a blur and just as quickly as they can start in a blur they can, your you and your partner, the moment rather than suddenly lose interest, they can you can be dating someone for two or three months and they can ghost you. It creates this protective, but also threatening environment, where everyone every like everyone is fluid assets. Everyone is constantly 
changing and shifting hands because they understand. They can, like, while their partners can do it, they can do it too. And it's, it really, without stemming too deeply or diving too deeply into the ideas of what can, the issues of toxic masculinity in a lot of the gay queer community, it really comes down to this, a very turbulent landscape. Okay, Hunter. Do you live in New York? <laughs> that siren sounds awfully familiar. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, interesting thoughts on how toxic masculinity affect the dating lives of, of queer men. I only know the women's perspective on it, and it's interesting that it can really fuck up all-male relationships, all-male romantic relationships, too. Yeah, it's pretty, I think also Hunter talks about like the that people ghost each other after like three months, and oh, I God. I just think that that skill set of like how to let somebody down is never taught. Right. Yeah. How to let someone down and also like not let yourself down. Yeah, like how to. It's both like how to let someone down and how to not get. Like, not get down on yourself when it's not working out and you're not finding the right people. Right. So I guess, like, I'm just like, please be nice to some, like, each other. Yeah. Be nice to the people that you're dating. Um, unless someone's a fucking jerk to you, in which case, like, you, as we've said, you don't owe them anything. But just because you meet somebody and it's not a romantic match for you doesn't mean that they are a bad person or that you should treat them unkindly. Right. So, like, my personal thing as I said, I I rarely go on a second date. I would rarely go on a second date. I'm not dating anymore. Um, but like if I do, even if I don't, if somebody asks me out on a second date, I try to, to give them a kind response yeah. um, to end it. So for me, it worked really well to have like a template. Yeah. Just like if I don't know what to say, what do I say? Because you don't want to over-explain. No. I don't want to be like, I thought it was really weird <laughs> that you ate the third mozzarella stick when there were only five and we were supposed to share. And <laughs> that is a criminal offense to me. Yeah. That's inexcusable. That's actually, I would say that. <laughs> but I don't need to say like, your breath smelled really bad and I couldn't get over it. Yeah. Or you called me the wrong name all night. <laughs> and I, I never told you. And I never corrected you. Yeah, like you, people usually, there are people who ask for feedback. What it, what could I have done differently? Or like what, what didn't do it for you? I'm not one of those people. I certainly wouldn't want someone to tell me why I, they didn't want to go out with me. I do not want to know. Nope. I do not want to know. You can just say no, thank you. That is all I personally need. Yeah. So I usually say like if somebody asks me out, say – Annie and I have gone on a first date. She asked me out on a second date. And I'd be like, Annie, it was really nice to go out with you the other night. But I don't feel a romantic connection. All the best out there. Yeah. No more, no less. Nope. It's like. That's perfect. Good time with you. Not for me. Not for me. Thank you. Goodbye, fish. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And the worst responses that I've gotten are like, fair enough. And then nothing, nothing, because I'm also not going to be like, fair enough. What does fair enough mean? Yeah. No, that's the end of the transaction. Yeah. Over. Often these like 
letting people know you don't want to go on a second date is just going to be easier for you in the long run. Like, you don't want to get texts from them for months being like, hey, I was just thinking about you, never heard back from you, just following up. Like, just cut them loose. Cut them loose. Marie Kondo them. If they did not spark joy for you, thank them and let them go. Let them go. Serve their purpose for someone else. Great advice. Yeah. yeah. And if you're getting that feedback from someone who you really wanted to go on a second date, like, hey, I didn't want to date you, try and be gracious. At least be gracious over the text or whatever message you're getting from them. Shit talk them to your friends. That's great. You can, I don't know, make a angry portrait of them. I don't know. <laughs> Check them out. An effigy? <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird. That's a little weird. Don't do that. It's going to be okay. Yeah, they sucked anyways. Yeah. they. It's their loss. Yeah, exactly. And that's fine. I've also had, like, things that didn't work out where I was like, me or the other person was like, all right, but, like, friends? Yeah. And so I have some friendships from that. Yeah. Um, I think you can know based on the relationship that you've had when you need to have a more intense conversation. Uh, For me, it's usually like, I feel like around six weeks of dating is when I'm probably, or sooner, like around six dates is when I'm like, is this a consistent thing? This is the thing that's happening. Are we naming this? Yeah, are we going to start talking about like, what is this called? Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to, if you're at that point, if you're at the point where like you are kind of like, I either need to make this person my significant other or like define the relationship in some way or cancel it, like I think a conversation, in my opinion, a conversation is valuable. Yes. Of just like, hey, I've been thinking about what's going on between us and I'm uh, not sure if we should keep seeing each other. I want to get together and talk to you about it. Or, like, I'm not sure how I feel about what's going on between us, that we're getting more serious. Let's talk about it. Um, It's hard to toe the line of, like, breaking up with somebody in a text and being like, I want to see you on Wednesday. To talk. To talk. And giving this, like, stress, stress, stress. Yeah. So I think it's good to give, like, a little bit of information, but also be like, and I'm, I'm here to talk about it more if you want to. Again, make the interaction happen in real life like the true interaction happen in real life because then it'll be easier. It'll just be easier for you in the long run. It's going to suck in the short run, but it's going to be easier in the long run. I promise you that. You'll also be like so sure that the person understood what you were saying. You're not going to run the risk of like in three weeks them being like, have you had enough space like you talked about? Right. And you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. (laughs) I would say also for defined relationships, this sounds terrible. Say you want to break up when you're breaking up. Yeah. Avoid confusion. That is real. That is real. But you might also have a lot of self-doubt or feel down on yourself when things aren't working out. Yeah. If you went on three dates with someone and you're like, I think this is the person for me. I really, really feel strongly about them. And then they are, they send you the text like, hey, can we meet up and talk on Wednesday? And then you meet up and talk and they're like, sorry, I just don't want to continue this relationship. That it'll be because, you know, they ran into their slutty ex, Charles. (sighs) Fucking Charles. Charles. Um, No, it'll be for whatever reason. 
Uh, they might not give you a reason. Yeah, they might not. They hopefully will not in my case because it would fuck with me so badly. Um, I like a reason that's you're really great. Here's my personal shit. Oh yeah, I don't even like that. I'm always like, no, just just cut me loose. It's gonna hurt. It all hurts. But just remember that person wasn't right. This is this is in. A, a very long term good for you you're going to find love that is stronger than this one mm-hmm. like this probably had to happen in order for you to figure out what works for them to figure out what works like it it totally sucks and i'm not saying it doesn't but it just happens to everyone in a way it has to happen to everyone yeah, I think it's good to know that like no one no one being attracted to you is going to actually impact your self-value. That comes from within. And I think like the goal of dating isn't for everyone to want you or for everyone you want to want you back, but to find something that's mutually satisfying. Yeah. And I think another thing that's important for bisexual people is to note that like I went out with a bunch of women where I was like, ah, it's not like a perfect, like, not like fireworks. I also went out with a bunch of men where I was like, it's not like fireworks. <laughs> but to not let the, if if you're not quite clicking with a gender that you have less experience with, don't necessarily assume that that means that your attraction and interest is invalidated. It might just be that person. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think that's an important reminder. Yeah. <laughs> It is. Yeah. It definitely is. Um, I also wanted to say that it's possible that things go really well for you when you're dating. And it's love. You're feeling love. And it's like bursting out of your chest. And you're like, I have to tell this person that I'm in love with them. We've been on five dates or six dates or 18 dates or 538 dates or one date, do not tell them you love them after one date or two dates. And what about like the second that you approach them? No. That's a no. Okay, cool. You know, get just like wait three months. Three months, please. At least three months. If it's really fucking you up, <laughs> like one month. <laughs> but yeah. Cassandra and I have both confessed to being big Googlers of like, how many dates before I can make this girl my girlfriend? We've learned 90 days is an appropriate amount of time before you tell someone you love them. Yeah, 90 days is pretty good if it's killing you and you have to tell them like shortly before then, but seriously, don't do it before then. (laughs) You want to be telling someone I love you based on the fact that you have like a pretty good picture of who they are, of who they are as an entire person and I mean, even three months is not that long no. because you in four years and three months, you're going to be like, I didn't know that person at all for the first two and a half years. Like I thought I really knew them and I just know them so much more intrinsically. Yeah. And that's true of every relationship. If you think back to your friendships and you think about like the first few months you were hanging out, you're like, I really liked that person, but I didn't know didn't them at all. Know them at all. Yeah. So you want I love you to mean, well, you probably want I love you to mean I love you. You. You, all of it. But 
I mean, that's the end goal of all of this is to find love and profess love and share love. You might tell someone you love them and they might not say it back or they might see that as a convenient time to say, hey, I actually don't feel that way and I don't think this is working out, <laughs> which happens. Yeah. Just remember that you you put yourself out there in the best way possible like there's nothing nobler than seeking love or telling someone you love them and you're just doing as much as you can to to share love and that's the best thing that a person can do so don't don't feel disappointed or ashamed if if it doesn't work out in an ideal way, but if it does, that's a really good feeling. We got some weekly bylights for you. <laughs> in the Atlantic this week, a woman wrote in to their advice column uh, expressing a fear that her openly bisexual boyfriend might secretly be gay. We kind of talked about this earlier, but this is, you know, a reason that bisexual men commonly run into that they don't date as many women or that they don't put bisexual in their dating profile or aren't openly bisexuals because women kind of have this idea that it indicates some like secret, dark secret. Not that being gay is a dark secret. The, the response from the advice givers, it's fine. It's whatever. I kind of wish they had let a queer person answer it because mm. I think would have had a different tone which I don't know if that would be helpful to be like hey this is pretty biphobic of you I don't know if that would have been helpful to this person and they are writing to get advice that will help them and and there's more to just this like the writer the person seeking advice does have some some valid concerns I think although I do think a lot of this is probably rooted in biphobia I want this to be my advice, call for advice. Um, so we'll post a link to this advice column. And I would love to hear what people think is proper advice for this person. Because honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> um, I also wanted to mention that uh, Reagan Gashon. Gashon. I am so sorry, British people who love soccer. Gashon. Gashon. He just came out of the closet. Was it soccer or? He's a dancer. He's the son. Football. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) he is. He's a British dancer. He appeared on BBC One's talent show, The Greatest Dancer. Uh, He just came out as bisexual, and he's he's the son of a famous footballer. (laughs) Much better. (laughs) He said um, in his his coming out statement he said i'm bisexual i date men and women i'm really open about that Uh, i haven't had a lot of relationships though i've only dated three people i haven't told my dad but i don't think he is he will mind he is proud of me whatever i do and whatever decisions i make great job reagan proud of you i think you've come out now to your dad yeah i think yeah yeah, i think i think now now he probably knows but yeah that's awesome yeah that's good Adam Cox, who is a Republican running for a seat on the Indianapolis City Council, released an ad that appeared to highlight his Democratic opponent, Allie Brown's LGBTQ status as a negative, at least for 
people who would would traditionally vote for him. He appears in an ad that says, "Liberal Ali Brown endorsed by LGBTQ Victory Fund." Um, it's not like a it's not like her like holding the head of like the severed head of her enemy or anything. It's not like a horrible ad, but it does kind of present the fact that she was endorsed by the LGBTQ Victory Fund weirdly as like something that is liberal and perhaps bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the LGBTQ Victory Fund is a nonpartisan group that supports openly LGBTQ political candidates. In this case, Allie Brown is a bisexual. She is a bisexual. Um, the group has previously supported Republicans running for office as well. Were you going to say something? Yeah, I, re- I had read his response and it was along the lines of like, oh, we were trying to showcase the liberal endorsements that she has received. Right. Not that her being LGBTQ is a negative. Right. But that... But that's also wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's wrong and it's like... Well, and you're saying that like being endorsed by LGBTQ groups is a negative. Right. So even if it's not that she's bi that's bad, yeah. it's that the bi's like her. Yeah. So this is just a gaffe. Don't do this, politicians. <laughs> just like maybe maybe not attack just, ads. Just I don't know. Bising stars. My bising star this week is Desiree Akavan, director of the bisexual appropriate behavior and the miseducation of Cameron Post. I actually haven't seen any of those movies except for Cameron Post, which was awesome. The bisexual is a TV. Yeah, and you mentioned series. the bisexual last time, and then I read this interview in Vice with. Akavan, the director, and it sounds like something I would like. It's kind of like my situation, I guess, where it's like a woman who is in a relationship with a woman and then kind of realizing that she's bisexual Mm -hmm. and figuring that out. I don't know. It sounds interesting. Uh, She said in the interview about her bisexuality that as a little girl, I had a very big crush on Tom Petty, which is so funny to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I would also fall asleep fantasizing about Pamela Anderson running on the beach in her Baywatch outfit. Uh, when I first fell in love with a woman, it wasn't a surprise to me. She also said that recently a friend told me it was much more painful for her to come out as bi than as a lesbian because she felt like she was losing all her friends, um, which is something that I really kind of get. I, I really get that. It's it's really scary going from identifying, I mean, anyone who is coming out of the closet knows this, going from identifying as one like social identity to another, because you really feel like, oh, now everyone thinks I was lying to them mm-hmm. and they don't want to be my friend anymore. Yeah. So that was a really good quote. I, I really like this interview. Yeah, yeah. who's your Bising star? Yeah, my Bising star actually is... Uh, a comic artist who has a series of comics about bisexuality and one of the first ones is like explaining to somebody who's like bisexuality isn't that like a really bad term and explaining the breakdown of like the common misconceptions about the word their name is Corey michelle handworker they identify as a non-binary very queer cartoonist nice they work in Brunswick, Maine, and their work focuses on gender, sexuality, and personal identity. Um, 
so actually the let's talk about bisexuality is a zine and it just talks about inclusivity and some myths around bisexuality it came out in 2017 and it's just it was like very positive and cheerful but also being like nope wrong nope wrong nope wrong (laughs) and i like that i love that my call for advice is just i would love to know what people think about this uh atlantic column this advice column um of the woman who is fretting about her boyfriend being secretly gay i I, i'd like to know what are your thoughts what would you tell this woman what would you tell her to ask her boyfriend or tell her boyfriend or what would you tell her to do because my my default is to just be like hey he identifies as bisexual respect that but I don't know. Yeah. I don't maybe there's stuff that I don't know about. I don't know. I uh, originally was gonna ask one thing, but now I'm gonna ask. I recently was filling out a form at work and the gender fields were male and female. This isn't specific to bisexuality, but I emailed them and I said, Hey, this is really limiting. Uh, we should have an option for people who don't fit into the binary. And they wrote back and they were like, Great, tell us what word to use. Like, uh, I'm not an expert. Other, uh, well, so I wrote. I'm curious what what would people suggest? Yeah, I wrote back and I said I think this is an issue for HR and legal to weigh in on. Um, yeah, I, I definitely don't think I should be making the decision. <laughs> but I said like I, I hear gender nonconforming or non-binary are very like relatively inclusive of like not male not female right but if you have alternates for forms that you have run into that you like or that you think could be improved upon (laughs) i'm apparently in a position of power now so please let me know before we close off let's say please write us write us at hello goodbyes 42069 at gmail.com yep that's h-e-l-l-o-g-o-o-d-b-i-s 42069 at gmail.com nice follow us on instagram leave us a message Leave us a message. Anchor.fm slash hello goodbyes. People said they couldn't get it to work. Fuck. Uh, okay. Nope. Fuck that. Email us a recording yeah. if you want to be featured on the podcast. Yeah. Email us. Just a waiver and MP3 file. Yeah. It's great. If you do, tell us how you want us to refer to you. Yes. And uh, what pronouns you use. Yep. Good goodbye from, from the, the goodbye. Good oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm my bed. Wow, 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 wow,